Hello, good morning, everyone. Everybody doing good today? Doing well? Right on. Good to see you all. So Kevin and I are going to give kind of an update on the pastor search process. Um, But um, before uh, Kevin talks, um, as the chair of the pastor search team, otherwise known as the PST, (laughs) I wanted to share with you the process that the team went through. Um, just so that you're kind of in on what we've been up to really since early March. Um, so the team was, so we, we agreed that the body really ought to know what has been going on in, in the background, you know, all these months. So um, I'm going to share with you all the different steps that we took, uh, just so you know how we got to the point where we invited someone to come and guest preach last Sunday. So, um, you know, we posted the job on churchstaffing.com, and by the time we met with Gary, we had reviewed about 50 application packets. Um, The application packet includes their cover letter, answers to three application questions that actually Matt helped us write, and, um, of course, their resume. So after reviewing so many resumes, reading answers to their application questions, listening to their sermons various sermons of each pastor uh, candidate, researching their social media, reading their website, their church websites, et cetera, et cetera. The PST deliberated on whether to contact applicants and invite them into the interview process. And all applicants interviewed were selected unanimously by the PST. So um, I'm going to enumerate the steps that we outlined, which we also have been very much in touch with the elders about our process. We submitted these to them. And, of course, you know, we have their approval. Plus, um, Rebecca, um, Courtney, represented the board on our team, which, let me just mention, our awesome team is comprised of Eric Owen, Lori Carnahan, and, of course, John Martin and myself. Um, Okay, so the steps were first screen them by video conference meeting for about one to one and a half hours. Second step, in-person kind of in-depth interview with the PSD and up to three elders for one and a half to two hours. And um, if after this meeting, the PSD plus the elders determine that it's a go for the next step, then we move forward. If not, we inform the candidate that it was really nice to meet you. We're, you know, we're not going to move forward with you. Third step, we perform reference and background checks. I'm going to circle back to that in a bit. Fourth step, meet the Baymarin leaders along with the PSD and elders, all of them who could come, for approximately three hours. And this was hosted by the Carnahans. The fifth step was to guest preach at Baymarin and... Uh, After the guest preaching, there would be a post-service town hall meeting, post-service lunch reception, which was hosted by the Cedar House folks, and then a third, you know, additional opportunity to meet the candidate if you were not present last Sunday. Um, So I want to circle back to performing reference and background checks. Um, After the second interview, possibly a third interview, it depends on the candidate if we needed more information from him. we would first uh, do the 
reference checks before presenting that candidate to the board. So we would call, and we did this with a few candidates, um, call personal and professional references. If positive, take the next step. The next step would be to call the candidate and inform them we'd like to take the following step, which would be a background check. So then we would have them fill out the background data collection form, which included their social security, date of birth, et cetera, their names, where they've lived, et cetera, et cetera. Perform the criminal background check, and if results are clear, attend the elder board meeting and make the case for the board to vote or accept our candidate, to vote to accept our candidate. And if the board accepts our candidate, then we would inform that candidate, see what he thinks, says, invite him and his family to steps four and five, which we have since done. They met with the BMCC leaders and at the Carnahan's home, they actually did a tour with Brian Tabor, so they spent a lot of time with us. Um, and of course, he guest preached. You all can listen to the podcast. There were Q and A uh, that were recorded, so please take the time to listen, so you can get a sense of who our candidate Gary Taylor is. Um, on Tuesday, we have an additional opportunity to just spend some time with him, um, and that will be hosted by the Bristers from five to seven on Tuesday afternoon, and then two Sundays from the time he guest preached, Bay Marin will get a chance to vote. And Kevin's going to talk more about that. So I think I'm going to hand it over to you. I hope that kind of gives you a picture of the process. And I want you to say thank you to the team who did a ton of work. There's a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of you know, reading, a lot of homework, and then a lot of being present for interviews. Thank you. Oh, you don't get to leave. Oh, I had to no. stand up here for you. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're together. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean the thank you is a big thing. It's um, these guys have done a ton of work, and while we've been uh, actually doing church and doing life and getting on with regular stuff in the background, they've been beavering away and making progress on winnowing down a candidate uh, to one candidate to Gary and then bringing him in. So for some of us, it felt, um, oh my gosh, we just said goodbye to Matt and now there's another candidate. But this is really God's timing. Because when we started out back in March, we said, oh my gosh, you know, we're going to be without a pastor, a lead pastor starting in July and we'd like to have a pastor, thanks team, <laughs> um, candidate ready to go as close to back-to-back with Matt as possible. We don't want to have a big gap. We don't want to be looking and looking and having this drag on forever. So this is just super timing. And um, even though it feels back-to-back with sending Matt off and the cricks off or saying thank you and... Um, this the timing is perfect. And one of the reasons it's perfect is financially. We did not want to have a new pastor and Matt because we can only afford one lead pastor at a time. But we need one lead pastor. So now we're um, going to be voting on uh, Gary next week. I'll come to that in a second. But from a financial point of view, 
we're doing fine as a church. Um, you guys are contributing. The giving is keeping up with our expenses. You can monitor that kind of as it flows through on the, um, the weekly and the monthly updates that are in here. Uh, so we have to keep that up. We have to keep it up in the summer when we're not here. You know, I have to remember to write our check and even when we're not coming uh, on a Sunday because we're away. But as long as we keep doing that, we're fine. And we're fine because we have sort of this back-to-back -back but not an overlap. So that's, that's all good. So we don't, I've had, heard some concerns like, oh my gosh, can we afford a, another pastor? It's not another pastor, it's the next pastor. Um, and this works out just right. So the timing is great. You guys have done a great job. And then we get to confirm Gary next week. And the way that works according to our bylaws is it's an in-person vote in a business meeting. And the way we'll do that is we'll open a little business meeting in the course of our Sunday service next week. We'll ask you to, uh, we'll nominate Gary as the lead pastor. We'll ask you to fill out a little card that will be provided, put your name on it, uh, indicate your support or not support, put it in the offering basket, and we'll, to we'll to tally those all up. So there's not a... Um, there's not a quorum requirement. It's the members that are here. And by members, it's regular participants in our community. So that's how, you, that's how we'll do it. We'll also have a, an, a way to indicate your support uh, online. And we're putting that together, and that'll get out to you uh, shortly. But for those of us who won't be here next week, and some of you aren't here now, and aren't here next week, uh, we'll let everybody know that they can uh, sort of give us, give us a thumbs up on Gary or let us know any concerns they have on an online um, uh, voting mechanism. It won't count as the official vote. That's in the business meeting on Sunday for those of us who can be here, but it'll be a great way to give feedback to the board that says the community is behind this. Um, even if we're not able to be there on Sunday. So that's great. So that's finances, that's voting. You mentioned Tuesday. Tuesday night, if you haven't had a chance, uh, get to the Bristers. Thank you, Cashy and Bill. Uh, what is it, 5 to 7 o'clock, parking on the street and behind the house. Um, and we'll have a chance to meet Gary in person, interact, uh, have him lead us through kind of his background and answer any questions that we have as well. So that was, uh, we had one of those at our house and it was a great chance to get to know him. Yeah, yeah that's a good idea. I, I, yep, yep, good point. We will figure out a way to either get them here or get them the vote while they are in our facility. The notification of vote was last week when we, um, oh, the final tally, excuse me. That'll be uh, shortly thereafter. And it'll be done by email and then we'll announce it Sunday following as well. So far we're getting lots of positive feedback. So, you know, I'm looking forward to a positive vote, but if you have concerns or 
questions, um, grab somebody on the pastoral search team, grab an elder, let us know uh, so we can address anything in the interim. I think that's it. Morning. So it's my turn today. I'm inexplicably happy this morning. And I say that because it's not usually my thing, happiness. I have this melancholy personality where I tell people I'm not happy unless I'm sad. And I say inexplicable because I'm not sad at all and I'm just really happy. And I think it's maybe summer. From my earliest memories, summer is a favorite. I just love the sunshine, I like longer days, I'm a daytime kind of guy, even though I go to bed really late. So, I'm feeling good. But with me, feeling good is kind of a quiet thing. I'm not much of a jump up and down and dance kind of happy, but a quiet happy. Anyway, our summer, uh, we're calling our summer series in this special, unique kind of time, kind of between pastors and kind of in between a lot of things, and it's, it's unique. So we're going to grab that and just focus on what are the unique possibilities as a community. And we're calling it Retreat at Home, Worship, Connection, Faith, and Fun. And so this is a retreat season, but we're not going anywhere. But we're going to experience some retreat-style things at home. That seems healthy for us at this season. Uh, so a quick question for all of you. If you know me, I'm not a real orator. It, it's really hard for me to just speak for a while. I like interaction. I'm more of a classroom, teaching a class kind of guy. So every time you get me, like that's kind of the flavor, I guess. So interact with me. What is a, what are, what's a retreat for? Restoration. Say again? Restoration. Restoration. What else? Why would you go on a retreat? Self-reflection. Self-reflection? Wonderful. Self Get a new perspective. Get a new perspective. Bonding. What's that? Bonding. Bonding. This is great. Vision. Vision. Make decisions? Meditation, sorry. Meditation? Yes. Okay, great. So let's bring those things to the surface. As if we were going on a retreat. But it's really just kind of how we're going to flavor our gatherings. And we've got a bunch of fun stuff this summer, and we've got opportunities for all of those things. Today, we're going to go on a retreat very briefly, and we're going to come back really quick and then send you on, our way, on your way. Uh, and we're going to focus a little bit on bonding. Now, we can't actually increase our bonding very much just sitting here in the room. We have to do things together. So we're going to talk about it a little bit academically. So today I'm going to focus on four things. I'm going to give you a one-minute teaching in a minute. That's one of my favorites. And we're going to let that teaching just sit there and flavor the rest of the day for those who notice. And then we're going to read a little scripture. And I know we might not have a whole lot of time today, but 
I'm going to read the scripture kind of slowly because I just really respect this passage and it's worth it. And then we're going to do a study, and it's going to get really classroom-ish for 10 minutes at least. And you're actually going to write stuff. And we're going to do that. And then a super brief message, it might just be another 60 seconds, and then I'll send you on your way. Anybody ever heard of uh, the Johari window? One? Okay, this is awesome. My fear was that everybody would be like, yeah, okay, no big deal. So we're, we're going to learn about that in a little while. First, one-minute teaching. Now, I've taught this before, so maybe you'll remember, maybe you won't. I got two signs here. This one says formation. I'm going to put it over here. It's not lit, but you can see it, I think. Can you see that? Yeah. And this one says fulfillment. And I'm going to put that over here. Now, throughout today, those will just be sitting there. You can ignore them if they distract you, or you can ponder overarching everything else we say is this idea that two drivers drive humanity, everybody, everywhere, every day, all the time. One of two. Now some people, both drivers drive them, but not at the same time. It's always one. What's driving you right now and what drove you yesterday and what's gonna drive you tomorrow and I don't mean drive like being driven in, in a sprint. I mean driver like, you know, when you get a new program in your computer and it has a driver. I just mean the thing that operates you and that motivates you. It's either fulfillment, and I don't mean ultimate fulfillment. I'm talking about the daily seeking personal fulfillment. And you ask yourself questions like, what will work for me? What relationships make me feel best? Like, and it's fulfilling yourself on a daily basis is driving you. What foods do I like? Where do I want to live? Or you're driven by formation. And they're really different. Formation is, what am I becoming? Am I better than I used to be? Am I going to be better tomorrow? Am I growing? Am I using the circumstances of my life as an opportunity for God to grow and improve me? And it's a really different driver. Really different. And they don't work at the same time, in the same mind, because they're actually going opposite directions. That's why it's impossible to have both at the same. Now we can go this way and then go this way and then turn and we can and we all do this probably a lot. Where I'm like on this Christ word transformational path, distracted, ooh, how about that? And I'm going backwards, I'm like, oh, wait, no, this way. That happens. If you're driven by personal fulfillment, the circumstances of your life determine how you're doing. And somebody says, how are you doing? And you say, and you think about your circumstances. And are they good? Well, then you're doing good. Are they awful? Well, then I'm doing awful. This is really different. When your focus is driven by formation and becoming and growing and changing, every circumstance, no matter what it is, everything, 
everything is like curriculum that teaches you and you constantly win because anything and everything can make you better. No exceptions. If that's the way you think. Especially if you know Christ who is way down this path himself and says, follow me down this. So, that was my 60-second sermon in much more than 60 seconds. Let that flavor everything. Now, if your brain's already full, go to sleep, you're good. I'm going to read a scripture. This is from Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. We just call it 1 Corinthians. But it's a real letter from a real guy to a real group. So I like to call it Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. And from chapter 12, it says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given one Spirit to drink. Love that poetic phrasing, one Spirit to drink. It's really deep. And so the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. It actually can't choose not to be all by itself. Random side note. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts and one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. 
I wish we could go all summer on that verse. Because we are way more connected than, than we usually realize. And much of our suffering as individuals is way more connected to the suffering of others than we usually realize. It doesn't say you have the option of suffering with someone. It just says, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. That's just how it happens, just like your body. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ. I don't think any, I wonder if any of us understand that. I know I don't. I don't. I believe it. I, I, I get that. I, I feel the truth of it. But the body, I think of Christ as so far beyond me and the people I know. And that's why we follow him and we worship him. And like, he's, he's the man. He's amazing. But he's saying, you are the body of Christ. We are the parts of him. If you put all of us together, including Jesus, you get Christ somehow. You are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Someone in this room says that when I speak, it's dangerous. You know who you are. Uh, so I'm going to do something. This is, I promise, this is going to be really fun for some of you. And it's not going to be very fun for some of you. I am going to ask you a bunch of questions. And you're going to answer them with a pen on that card in a very special way. I'm going to ask questions. And they're super personal questions. Fortunately for you, nobody needs to share the answers. They're just for yourself. So, and there's 20 of them. You ever play 20 questions? We're going to do 20 questions, seriously. So I'm going to say a prayer, and thank you for walking through that with me. Uh, I, these exercises mean a lot to some people and don't mean much to others, and I understand that. So thank you on both counts. Heavenly Father, thank you for this moment in our journey. Thank you for what it means to be a community that is wanting, many of us wanting, to be more than just friends and step into that body of Christ space. Show us, Lord, when we're ready to take on new risks relationally and to... to see new possibilities uh, that would make all the various parts of the body work better, feel more included, whatever it takes. But if we are your body, I know that you want to get up and move and function and use your hands and feet and your eyes and your ears that are us and increase our vision for what that means and for the possibilities Increase our willingness to receive feedback and to listen and to not be defensive and also increase our ability to just forgive ourselves and we're not, you know, you're not expecting perfection quickly. Thank you for your grace and your patience and for this amazing group of people that has embarked on an amazing journey 
together. And I pray that you would keep teaching us what together means. Amen.